Welcome to Owning Our Sensitivities podcast. I'm Bonnie Snyder, an intuitive professional life balance coach with a background in education and counseling. In all honesty, I'm a catalyst, providing a space, products, and services to nourish that spark within you. I partner with women, intuitive, empathic, creative, and highly sensitive women. Women who want to discover really remember their personal magic, enabling us to be who we are without apology, honoring our gifts and feeling empowered in our relationship with ourselves and others, and knowing with our gifts we are an integral part of creating the shift in the world we know that is possible. I'm so glad you're listening today. Owning our sensitivity is about thriving, and recognition is first. Nurture is second, and that's the many facets of self-care, and honor is third, honoring ourselves and our light, individual gifts and purpose for ourselves and the world. This is the focus of owningoursensitivity.org and the White Lioness Circles. If you're interested in finding more about the White Lioness Circles, please feel free to email me or look on the website, owningoursensitivity.org. So we'll be talking more about nurture and honor in, in the future podcast. So today, let's talk about why it's important to truly know or recognize what it is about us that is different. And what is the trait of, as with anything else, there's a range among HSPs. Just as nobody's exactly the same as somebody else, not all HSPs are exactly the same or have the same gifts. Each person embodies some or many traits. The question is, as you listen, how do they show up for you? Today I wanted to share a bit about how we're wired physiologically, brain-wise, and emotionally. Recognizing the traits of HSPs and beginning to understand ourselves and our gifts are reflected in the facets of our personal diamond, the sacred octahedron, sacred geometry, our connection to our inner spark and to the source and all that is. So I suspect if you're listening, you know you're a person with high sensitivity. You may be intuitive, empathic, creative, as many with high sensory gifts are. As many of you probably already know, the term HSP was first introduced by psychologist Elaine Aaron in 1996, who is an HSP. She and her husband, Dr. Arthur Aaron, devised the highly sensitive person test and did more research into the trait, including its neurobiology and that was back in 1997. So highly sensitive or high sensory processing. Let's talk about the characteristics. If you're listening to this podcast, you've probably heard someone in your life say you're overly sensitive or too emotional or just too sensitive or even you need to just get over it, which honestly my husband told me last night was sort of funny. Anyway, you learn to understand that Non-HSPs are different than HSPs, so you may have had some difficulty with shame or turning against yourself, as you may have felt different or less than in a world that's not set up for HSPs, and you may feel others feeling strongly and hold on to things. What is different for the 15 to 20% of the population, for those of us considered highly sensitive? If you're a highly sensitive person, you have what is considered as a neurodivergent brain by definition. Neurodiversity is a term that refers to the natural variation in human neurological development and function. This means there's no one right way for the brain to develop or function. According to the research, HSPs are born with sensory processing sensitivity. 
Highly sensitive people exhibit increased blood flow to the organs of the brain that process our emotions, our awareness, and empathy, and that's in the frontal cortex. Therefore, HSPs are born with different wiring than most. Great article by Katherine Koss, and I'll put that in the show notes. Now, this is not a bad thing, so don't get worried. Our brains are different than the 80%, or as the 80% non-HP is referred to as a dandelion. HSPs, the 20%, were referred to as orchids. (laughs) As I wrote in a blog, which I'll put in the show notes, which is better, to be a dandelion or an orchid? Now, I know you know the answer to this. Neither. They're just different. Some say orchids are difficult to grow. But orchids in the right environment flourish and thrive. Dandelions aren't as particular in their growing conditions to thrive. So it's important to understand that being highly sensitive is not a disorder and there is nothing wrong with you. What has been found is that those individuals who are highly sensitive have an innate ability of high sensory processing. So the care and feeding of HSPs is different than non-HSPs, just like orchids and dandelions. Here's a Wikipedia definition of highly sensitive. An increased sensitivity of the central nervous system and a deeper cognitive processing of physical, social, and emotional stimuli. The trait is characterized by a tendency to pause and check in over a situation with greater sensitivity to subtle stimuli and an engagement of deeper cognitive processing strategies. The sense organs are always communicating in HSPs. They don't turn off as in the other 80%. HSPs also have more active mirror neurons, which is the ability to pick up on others' thinking or feelings. There are 100 animal species that were identified as highly sensitive in a study done by Akaveko, Jackalovitz, Aaron, Marhenke, and Aaron in 2017. Tough names to pronounce. These animals often warn their group of dangers undetected by others, helping to keep them safe. For example, the pumpkin seed fish, which I think is a hilarious name, were considered the timid fish. When there was something novel in the water, they would pause, which innately, inherently keeps them alive and out of danger as they check out things before moving forward. So there's bold and timid fish. So the bold would be the 80%, the timid would be the 20% or the highly sensitive. So let's examine this a bit more deeply. Elaine Aaron initiated the term HSP and the description of HSPs with the acronym DOES. So D is depth of processing. HSPs process all types of information, as you know, more deeply than others, are more reflective, and take longer to make decisions. Depth of processing occurs both consciously through analysis of information conveyed by communication and relationships, and unconsciously through gut feeling, hunches, and intuitions. That makes sense, since our brains are taking in so much information that is seen and not seen, in the environment, and multidimensionally. So you may want to stop a moment and think back with this depth of processing for a time or situation where you may have had to think for a long period of time to make a decision. You're pondering. This is how you are wired. In many cases, that works. It's only when we stay stuck on something we may have done or said 
that we start to fall into anxiety or worry, which we are prone to do with the large amount of information coming into our awareness. Julie Bajulin says we are taking information a hundred times the information than the 80%, a hundred times more. Can you imagine? That's a lot of information that we're downloading, taking in consciously and unconsciously. So you can understand O, which is the next one, over arousal. HSPs prone to anxiety and overwhelm due to deep processing. Obviously, this can lead to depression and mental health issues. HSPs can make some people more vulnerable due to feeling poorly understood with the tendency to withdraw because many are introverts and self-isolate following overstimulation. Good to be aware of because it's important to know the difference between self-care and doing it before or as the overwhelm approaches rather than withdrawing completely and going into our little corner and depending on what we're thinking at the moment, could be positive or not. So HSPs experience strong, positive, and negative emotions in response to a range of pleasurable (laughs) and painful stimuli. And that was air in 2010. Impasse especially can see where this may come into play. However, be aware of the good news. HSPs thrive and are more quickly uplifted than their counterparts with small positive things. But remember, our brain is wired a bit differently than non-HSP, so our visual scanning doesn't turn off. Sense organs are always tapping into not only the physical environment, but multidimensionally bringing in and downloading much information. And you may or may not be aware of all that you're taking in, but because of that, the appreciation of small things we catch quickly and are uplifted by them. But HSPs reach arousal threshold much more quickly. So we're overwhelmed or stressed much more easily. And it's important to know what your overwhelm over arousal point is to be able to anticipate for yourself, communicate with family, coworkers, your spouse, your children. And if you are an HSP, most likely one of your children or more may be also. And Communicate how to take care of yourself and what is needed, especially if their children involved, what they need. HSPs notice subtle environmental stimuli that other people miss. And we can understand that with the sense and visual scanning going on all the time. This can protect them and others in their social group from unforeseen dangers, but can also lead to problematic levels of sensitivity to foods, medicines, pain, noise, and light. Aaron and Aaron did a study in 1997 regarding that. So HSPs are the canary in the coal mine. They are valuable and much needed in the canary sense, intuitively or anticipating a dangerous situation. The really good part of that is the flip side of that is the HSP has the ability to see different perspectives and ideas and creative endeavors or on a team problem-solving a challenge, or to alert the team to a potential downfall. You can see that HSPs are valuable in so many ways and are extremely beneficial in leadership positions and in the workforce. So while HSPs are more distressed by negative environments than less sensitive people, they also really benefit from positive, supportive, and nurturing environments. This is especially true during childhood. 
but HSPs also benefit greatly from counseling and psychotherapy if it's needed. There may be things from childhood or even adulthood. So there is no shame in that. What we need is to recognize and understand ourselves. And it's important for us to have someone who's non-judgmental and neutral supporting us. The other piece is empathy. Due to our increased mirror neurons activation, and this is the E, the HSPs have a much greater capacity as they have witnessed in brain scanning and monitoring experiments to have compassion and feel others' joy and pain. And I'm sure, again, many of you have felt this. This underscores the multidimensionality of our gifts. Due to the over-arousal and empathy on steroids, boundary and self-care are vital for HSP's health and well-being. And I'm sure we can all relate to that. An interesting fact as we're talking about empathy and nurturing here is the rhesus monkeys who are uptight, that's the label they gave the monkeys who were probably HSPs, did well and thrived when cared for by an HSP female monkey, but did not do well with a non-HSP female monkey. So I found that quite interesting. And the S is about sensory specific sensitivity that smells, bright lights, sounds, tastes, and tactile sensitivity. This can be an issue until you understand what causes you stress to be out of your body, and how to take care of yourself in a way that supports you. As I said in the first podcast, I always pulled out the connection on the fluorescent lights in my workplace, and we can't always do that, I understand. Um, So it's important to figure out how the environment is going to support you. And (laughs) we have a, a kitchen light that is ridiculously bright, and my husband insists on turning it on. And what we did to help with that was we put a dimmer switch on. So again, it's important to know what do we have some control over, not to beat ourselves up. Bright lights bother us. Okay, so what do we do to, to change that? So a few more characteristics of HSPs. You may have a heightened aesthetic sense, being highly sensitive to beauty and nature and the arts. We also are many times more disturbed by ugly or coarse stimuli than less sensitive people and avoid violent action films and news coverage. And of course, in these last few years, it's been very stressful with the news coverage and making decisions. So you may have felt more uh, a blanket of something on top of the sensitivity. We are aware of the collective, even sometimes when we don't want to be. We are also more likely to have vivid dreams and a richer inner life, the Aarons discover. So I enjoyed What is a Highly Sensitive Person by Joan Nash, and I'll put the link below. So a bit of a summary. Many HSPs are introverted. HSPs feel everything more deeply and intensely. They take great joy in simple pleasures. Many HSPs are empathic. And remember, setting boundaries is important. HSPs take longer to make decisions, and change can be difficult, positive or negative. Handling conflict and criticism can be very challenging. HSPs need more downtime than non-HSPs and a less crowded and slower pace. And again, that's important for us to gauge. I know if I'm going to a convention, I might sit on the end seat to help me with that. We didn't talk too much about that. But it's up to you to figure out what works best for you. HSPs are nurtured by downtime, beauty, animals, and nature. And many HSPs enjoy 
small social circle, and in-depth, meaningful conversations. Again, important to have community, people who are like us, and obviously we're always going to be around people who are not like us, but it's important to find support, friendships, community, community with some people who are like us. But I do believe once you understand yourself, then it becomes much easier step by step to create your life in a way that works for your sensitive self. I wrote a bit about how important it is to know if you're highly sensitive, which is important. We need to recognize. Then I wrote a little bit about, is it important to know if you're intuitive, empathic, highly sensitive? Yes, it's important to recognize because once we recognize the characteristics, then we know how to take care of ourselves and we can honor our gifts. But the flip side of that is to be very careful. We don't want to put ourselves in a box and label ourselves and take that on as an identity. It's more about knowing ourselves. Highly sensitive person, or you just want to know more, I would highly recommend Dr. Elaine Aaron's HighlySensitivePerson.com site and take one of the self-tests. I also put in the show notes a a YouTube video by Elaine Freud, not Elaine Aaron. (laughs) Interesting, they both have Elaine as their first names, but spelled differently. She does a great job in her video of going across just about every area, the sensitivity we have physiologically, how it affects our relationships at home, at work. Um, Just helpful, even if you already recognize you are, you may pick something up there that is helpful. I know I did. So until next time, I look forward to chatting with you again. Hope this has been helpful. Thank you for listening to Owning Our Sensitivity podcast. I hope they uplift and inspire you. And please feel free to share them with anyone you think would benefit from listening. Any links mentioned during the podcast will be in the show notes below. And please feel free to check out the virtual spa, a wonderful place to decrease overwhelm and stress and be nurtured and uplifted. If you are looking for community with other like-minded women, I invite you to look at our White Lioness Circles, a safe place for us to share, support, be recognized and honored. And I invite you to look at Owning Our Sensitivity and see what other products and services are available. And of course, I love to hear from you. Please feel free to email me.